It's time for the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole, the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty, serving you throughout the triangle, teaching you about the ins and outs when it comes to buying or selling a home. You can find the team online by going to acolerealty.com. That's A-C-O-L-E, realty.com, or by calling 919-578-3128. That's 919-578-3128. And now it's time for one of the top Realtors in the triangle, Angie Cole and the Savvy Realtor Podcast. It's time for Did You See This? here on the Savvy Realtor, looking at some of the interesting and fun news uh, that we find throughout the real estate world. Sometimes it's uh, on the bizarre side. Sometimes it's on the more interesting side. This is on the kind of uh, dumb criminal side, Angie. You know, lots of radio shows have that, that dumb criminal segment, so why not uh, have us jump into it on our program here today? Cops and an agent catch a fake buyer. Uh, this news uh, came to us from the Louisiana area where a woman was arrested. She used fake income verification documents and was trying to buy a multi-million dollar home. And a local realtor spotted some of the red flags and alerted authorities. So kudos to the realtor and the, the woman was arrested and sounds like they avoided getting scammed in that situation. Got me curious, have you ever had a deal with a uh, scammer before? I have, unfortunately. And, you know, first of all, that uh, one woman, I mean, that's that's loan fraud is what that is. So I don't know that necessarily the realtor would have been scammed, but it's more of the uh, the, the banks, right? You, sure. you have to give true documentation over for them to verify. So, um, But yes, um, I went to or actually had a piece of land, a lot in a beautiful neighborhood in Wake Forest that was listed and on the market. And all of the sudden, so we actually, we get a, a buyer for this home, and it's someone that one of my buyer specialists is representing. That buyer is super excited about building their dream home. And whenever it's time to get the due diligence money handed over to the seller that I'm representing, something started to seem funny. You know, he was talking about, oh, well, he's getting his banks changed around. And it just, it was very sketchy. Hmm. Um, and let me remind you that the seller was not local, was stated he was traveling out of the country. But the funny part was, you know, I did my due diligence and I checked on the deed um, like I'm supposed to. And this was legitimately the seller, right? So it, it wasn't like I didn't double check. This person was truly indeed the seller. Well, I started to get a little bit suspicious just how things started to pan out. And pretty much I could tell that this guy was just looking for us to send him money, right? And very, uh, a lot of questions about money up front. So anyways, I did a little bit of investigations, and I think this might need to be my uh, second second job, but <laughs> I... Some, some sleuthing? <laughs> uh-huh. I um, So I went into MLS, and I looked at where this lot was uh, sold in the past. I contacted that agent who represented the buyer who would have been the last seller, right? I know this all seems confusing, but contacted that agent, and asked the agent, I said, hey, just let you know, I have this home on the lot. This is my client. I said, you know, do you know, you know, I see that it was never listed in MLS, but it looks like there was a transfer of hands from your client to my client. You know, do you know what happened there? And she was like, wow, I'm surprised that they didn't, wouldn't come to me to list their property, right? And this was supposed to be their forever home. Like eventually they were going to build on this Ooh, lot. Okay. And then it's right as a red flag because my listing manager had mentioned to me that when she was out there putting a rider on the sign that the next door neighbor said, wow, they're selling? Like everyone was shocked, right? So 
that agent that I reached out to in this very long-winded story, but the agent that I reached out to, she ended up passing along the true, come to find the true owner's contact info for me to reach out, reached out to them, and they were in shock. So come to find out this piece of land was illegally deeded over to this new person that oh. I was representing. Um, wow. It was all fraud and a scam. And I mean, FBI investigation got into it. And come to find out, I mean, there was a fake attorney. I mean, it was all fake. Now, it truly did get recorded with the courthouse somehow, but it was all completely fraud. And come to find out, this uh, gentleman did this in more than one county. Um, and so I, I don't know the outcome of it because it was best for me to kind of step back and, you know, that that was on a whole nother level. But talk about scam, right? And the buyers for this, you know, the the new buyers, of course, were just, I mean, just distraught and bummed because they were so excited about building their dream home. But thank goodness we never went to closing because I don't know that the true sellers would ever be able to retrieve their property back if it passed through that many hands. Wow. So crazy crazy story right could you could you imagine being the 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 actual owners but you haven't built your property yet and then like a couple of months later you show up and there's already a house built there's a new home (laughs) on your lot yeah and that's exactly what would happen because they live out of state they had no idea and no way of knowing right so i mean luckily that would have been wow oh my and and the sad part is i don't know that they're would have been anything they could have done at that point, right? I mean, they could have legally gone off after this so-called seller somehow, but, you know, there's no way to get back your land, I don't think, at that point when it's now Boy. been sold off to a new person. That, that's so, a whole yeah. movie right there. That's a lifetime movie. I mean, movie. it really was. <laughs> and it's, you know, and I go back through it, but, I mean, they even said there was, like, you know, the investigators and everything. I mean, of course, I had the cops calling me, and they were they said, I mean, there was nothing you could have done differently, you know, but it's it's crazy. It's a crazy world we live in. Well, that is uh, really interesting. You had a little bit of impersonation going on. We had some fraud. (laughs) We had some, gosh, all sorts of stuff in there. So it was a really interesting story. Wow, that's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, not cool that it happened, but cool that you guys discovered it, of course. Sure, sure. There you go. Well, don't try and scam anybody, okay? Just stop doing that. Uh, Dan, who edits our show, Angie, who creates the podcast version of the program, puts it online, you know, the the back-end wizard of the program, Uh, Uh he was selling something on eBay just this past week and uh, found a buyer really quickly and was all excited. And then uh, they asked for him to include a $200 gift card when he ships the device. And then he'll add an extra $200 to the to the sale price when he oh you know, submits payment. And Dan, Dan said the best line. He said, uh, I don't mind you trying to scam me, but now you're just insulting my intelligence. <laughs> right. Like, I'm, I'm not that stupid. Come on. <laughs> We, we see a lot in the real estate market, so, you know, beware, um, tenant beware, where scammers will take active listings, as happened to us several times. They'll take active listings. They then post them on maybe Craigslist or Zillow as being for rent. And they'll tell these people, oh, we'll just go out to the property, take a look around, you know, pretty much, I mean, you would think someone would be smarter than this, but I clearly, I think a lot of people have fallen for it, you know, but once in a blue moon, people are like, hmm, why is there a for sale sign in the yard, you know, with this other girl's, you know, info on it? But they they are posting it as being the owner that is renting out the property. And yeah, go out there, take, just walk around, da-da-da. We'll mail you the keys. I mean, so it's, you know, once again, just, just be cautious of uh, scammers, for sure. They find all sorts of weird little ways to uh, to try and insert themselves into the situation, so... 
good to know you're on the lookout for them and uh, beating them back whenever they come at you. So that's that's fantastic. Uh, if you want to work with a real estate agent who's keeping those scammers at bay, that's a terrible transition, but we're going to roll with it anyway. Give Angie a call. You can get in touch anytime at 919-538-6477 if you want to call or text Angie to get in touch and uh, find out about buying or selling your home, learn the ins and outs of the processes. All you have to do is call or text Angie at 919-538-6477. Well, luckily, Angie, in that situation, you did not have to learn from a mistake. You figured it out as you were going through and got it right the first time around. But we know that nobody is perfect. And whenever we start out in, you know, any mode of our careers, uh, you know, anything you're doing for the first time or doing new in life, sometimes you'll make mistakes. And so I just wanted to see if maybe we can have a little humility on today's show. Also see if we can maybe underscore the importance of experience on the program today. And maybe we can look back to the beginning of your career and see some areas where maybe you realize now, looking back many years later, um, that you either made a mistake or just maybe not even a mistake, but just how you've sort of evolved over time with your experience to become a better agent. You uh, you game for this? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about preparation, first of all. Can you maybe tell me about a time way back at the beginning when you were either underprepared or I guess you could have been overprepared or maybe you overthought a situation with a buyer or seller? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, when, when representing buyers, we have to, well, it's our job and our role to share our expertise, right? To, you know, give guidance as far as material facts, you know, point out locations, areas, maybe things that could um, hurt them when it comes to future resale, right? But, you know, I have put a sock in my mouth before by just giving too much personal feedback, you know, because my opinion as far as the look or the style of the home versus their opinion can be completely different. And, you know, that's something that as a real estate agent, we need to make sure that we are not overstepping our boundaries on giving opinions too much. You know, we're there for the advice to educate them, to share our, you know, our expertise, but not give our personal opinion. So, you know, before I, I've maybe made a comment like, oh, this kitchen's a little small. And they're like, oh, I thought it was perfect. You know, and I, I don't know, you know, specific instances because uh, I've learned, a, you know, I've been doing this for 12 plus years now. So I've learned a lot throughout this, you know, decade plus that I've been in real estate. So I don't know specific, you know, instances, but I know definitely in the very beginning, there's been times where almost I've said things that almost could be insulting because they loved it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, maybe not even insulting, but it almost made them question their their you know how much they loved a home because of something I said it sounds um, like you almost you know, used to show the homes as if it was going to be your home and not their home and yes yes yep so you know once again it, it's you know our, our job to kind of you know buyer beware make you aware of situations or you know what for example you know this home backs up to a busy road you know this is something you might be okay with, but the next buyer might not. And I just want to put that out there, but you decide how you want to handle it, you know? Right. Um, but when it comes to giving, you know, feedback on colors and layout, you know, we have to be cautious on how much of our personal uh, feedback we give. 
just taking some of the opinion out of it, it sounds like. Yes, yes. Okay. Now, I know you're a master communicator today, but did you make any mistakes in the past when it came to communicating with clients? Oh, yeah. I have one client, Mike, who, Mike, we've actually had the pleasure of helping him, I think, four or five times now. Long, long time ago, I didn't clearly understand how the contingent sale addendum worked. And there's, you know, with with uh, paperwork and um, all of the real estate paperwork that we get into, I mean, there are so many different, you know, exclusions, you know, this thing overrides that. I mean, it can get a little, I mean, it's where you need to get a real estate attorney involved, right, to make sure you clearly understand what this statement means. But yeah, I communicated that the contingent sale addendum read one way, and it indeed did not. I pretty much stated that, oh, we can accept this offer, and should a better offer come along, you can move forward with the other offer. And that's more of, I I, I was taking the, what I've learned in new home sales when I was an on-site agent, because they always have, or not always, but most times they have a kind of a first right of refusal. But it doesn't work that way with resale homes. And so um, I end up selling Mike's home for free because I made a big, big error. And we received another offer on his home. Um, and we had been on the mark for a little while too, but under contract received a second offer that was a cash sale. And it was actually above where our current offer was. And Mike couldn't move forward with that offer as I had explained he could <laughs> should, we, should that situation arise. So yeah, I uh, ended up selling his, uh, his home for free. So to make yeah. up the, the loss that he would have had. So there's definitely been some mistakes with communication, you know, where, you know, I didn't communicate something properly as far as maybe an addendum or something. But, you know, we live and we learn. We make those mistakes and we correct them uh, where needed. And that's exactly where I what I did. And Mike, we, we have still after that, he even then used us to buy. So it, it's all good. It worked out. But yeah, there can be mistakes with communication. Yep, and it just it's good to have those lessons early on because then you make it better for many, many years to come. And I know that that's what you guys have certainly been able to do. It's uh, one thing to make a mistake, another thing to then learn from that mistake, which is a very positive thing. And uh, I would imagine, Angie, too, that uh, for a lot of agents, uh, you know, not even just focusing on, on you here, just agents in general, it's a constant learning process because kind of like your career arc when you you started out you know sort of on the buy side then you've got to learn the sell side when you kind of flipped over to that side and then you became a you know a a broker and leading a team and and now you've got multiple employees and so now you're a business owner in addition to being uh, an agent and so it's just kind of there's all these different little layers that any agent's gonna as their career changes and grows they're constantly being exposed to new processes and and new rules and regulations and all those I was in new home sales in the very very beginning and you know the way that that process works is completely different from resale and we have to also remember that our contracts you know the North Carolina Real Estate Commission um, actually every year they send out new contract addenda. Not all of them are updated, but you know, fairly often, for example, this past year, the, the new thing that was put into a lot of the documents was wire fraud addendum. So going back to scamming, you know, this is a big thing uh, that was updated last year, but our paperwork is constantly being changed and updated. The overall contract, I think it's been, goodness, maybe about seven plus years ago that it was actually completely changed as far as how the due diligence period is now, you know, something that we we work through. But yeah, there is constant changes. We have to always make sure that we are, uh, you know, getting the education that we need so we can advise our clients properly. 
Great point, Sanji. Uh, one more little example here as we talk about just learning from past mistakes. I tend to be a pretty agreeable person, so it's hard for me to say no to people many times. It's it's something I have to actively work at. You know, I'm I like to tell people yes, make them happy. You know, I know I know this about myself. So I would imagine working with clients, you're a pretty positive person as well. Was it difficult for you to kind of learn the word no or to disagree with a client and not just kind of tell them what they want to hear? A hundred percent. And I'm a yes person anyways. You know, I always like to be a, a people pleaser. I like for everyone to be happy. I don't like disagreements. So that's just me as an individual. So yep. that, of course, you know, feeds into my profession as well. But over time, I have learned to say no. And I would say the times that have really stuck out to me that I've been just more positive and confident about saying no is working with a client. You know, working with a client, it has to be a win-win. Just like they might be interviewing agents and they might choose me as their agent. But you know what? If I feel like I wouldn't be the best representation for them, you know, maybe they are not in line with my ideas, my thoughts, um, just a way of doing business, you know, I can say no to them. So that's a mistake that I've made in the past where, you know, every client that came along, I felt the need to work with. And now that's not the case. Now, I love our business. You know, I, I'm in this business, of course, because it's my profession. It's, I love what I do. But there are, unfortunately, some clients that we have interactions with that, you know, it's not a positive experience. And sometimes, you know, we have to fire the client. Um, I did that recently, you know, but it, it wow. needs to be a win-win. So um, I am definitely a yes person and always, you know, yes when helping out. I go above and beyond for our clients. But, you know, sometimes we just have to put our foot down and say no. That's not the way that we operate. You know, that's not in line with our culture. And you know what? Let's part ways. Yeah, it sometimes is necessary to do. And that's got to be on the same page. You need to enjoy the relationship. And it's all a big part of the process. So hopefully that was a helpful segment for you as a listener and thinking about uh, working with an agent, thinking about buying or selling your home in the future. If you've got any questions, you want to talk to Angie about the process. You can see she's learned a lot over her time. That's how she's built such an incredible team at A. Cole Realty. And uh, it's interesting to look back at some of the mistakes at the beginning of her career and then how you learn from those mistakes and move forward. We've all certainly fallen into that boat. And uh, obviously the goal, you learn from those mistakes so that you can limit them going forward. And uh, that is what uh, Angie and her team have certainly done. Fun segment. Thanks for uh, playing along and uh, being being so helpful there, Angie. Uh, if you've got questions for Angie, you can call or text 919-538-6477. That's 919-538-6477. Angie will show you how uh, she and the team will help you get your home sold for top dollar or help you get into your dream home. The strategy and uh, communication tools, all the things that they utilize these days to help those dreams come true for clients. So if you want to reach out again, call or text Angie at 919-538-6477. More coming up on today's show. Stay tuned. This is the Savvy Realtor with Angie Cole. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. Corbin says, a friend of mine told me to try to avoid paying mortgage insurance on my loan. What do I need to know about that and how can I avoid it? 
Yeah, so um, the norm is if you invest or put in 20% uh, into the home price, you then can avoid paying mortgage insurance. So that's 20% down payment will eliminate paying that mortgage insurance. And the whole point of mortgage insurance is is protection to the lender. So they're collecting a little extra every single month and you know they get to put that away because the less that you're putting down on your home as far as a down payment, the more likely that you would be to default on the home because more than likely you're not as uh, qualified as a buyer versus someone who financially can put down 20% into the home. Um, Now, there are some other loan programs uh, where you can eliminate that mortgage insurance as well, but the known is 20%. And just remember that, you know, although in the beginning, maybe you don't put down 20%, maybe you put down, you know, 5%. After you own the home for quite some time and you get to that point where you've paid off 20% of the home, you can get it reappraised, work with a lender, refinance, and you then can eliminate that mortgage insurance at that point. So it doesn't always have to be something that you do from the very beginning. It's a great question, Corbin. Thank you for submitting that one to us for sure. Susan's got another question here as well as we get ready to wrap up for this week's program. Susan's from Cary and says, My husband is going to relocate for work in about half a year. When's the best time to start the process of selling our current home, and what are the first steps to consider? Yeah, Susan. Um, so congrats, you know, on the the reload. That's super exciting. Um, but it is never too soon to start the process when it comes to selling your home. There's often times that I meet with sellers, and they say, Angie, I need to have my home on the market in the next week, and we can make that happen. But many times, you know, they are a ways out. Maybe they're six months out. Maybe they're a year out. And it's never too soon to start that conversation because, you know, once we go through our listing presentation with you and give you guidance on the steps of the process, immediately we can send our professional stager out. She can give you your to-do list so then you don't feel overwhelmed and just bombarded with, oh my goodness, now I have to get my home show ready really, really fast because it's all last minute. Instead, we can go ahead and send her on out, even if you're, you know, looking to sell your home six months in the future. So, you know, if you're thinking about selling your home, whether it's now or even a year from now, start the process of meeting with a real estate agent. And so our team, we would love to meet with you and do a listing presentation with you. And the whole point of that is we can tell you more about ourselves, tell you about our team setup and how we operate go through our marketing plan, and then, of course, share with you comparables and a net proceeds sheet because that's probably most important to you. You've been listening to the Savvy Realtor Podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Angie Cole. She's the owner and broker in charge of A. Cole Realty here in the Triangle. And if you have questions for Angie, we invite you to go online to acolerealty.com. Listen to past podcast episodes on the website, read the blog and all the great information, including the option to find a home right there on the website. That's acolerealty.com. And you can also call Angie with your questions, 919-578-3128. 